This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden, bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so welcome to our special pod episode. We're celebrating the 15th anniversary of 90210. Um, if you listened to last week's pod, you know that we're going to be t- discussing season, the season two premiere. We're just going to take us on a journey because it was out of context for me and Michael. But this is his show. This is his hour. Here you go, Reed. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys watched this episode because it really is to me like a second pilot. I don't know if that comes across to somebody who didn't watch the show, but after season one and we get this new uh, showrunner, she just comes in on season two just with a vision. The aesthetic overhaul is just, every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, this is the 90210 I love. Even though I love season one, like there's a special place for it in my heart, but this is when it gets so just like, it has its own character like this suddenly this show that is about a location the title is a location season one didn't really it nanotuna was really more of like a reference to the original in season one which no fault to anybody there was so many cooks in that kitchen launching this reboot um but after like they overcame that hurdle of like launching a reboot of a massively successful pop culture phenomenon and it was able to stabilize there weren't as many eyes on it for season two like the location was able to like be a character in a sense instead of just a show about characters so that's something i really love about the change in season two is like we're at the beach like it's more like we're outside <laughs> like we're the, the teenagers are actually being teenagers and interacting with their surroundings and i think the biggest and my favorite change is introducing the beach club which we see for the first time in this episode because if you think about some of the most iconic episodes from the original it's the summer episodes when they're at the beach club and like brandon and andrea are working there like that's just it's, it's so iconic and it's not the same at all it's a lot a lot different um but I think changing their hangout from whatever they did to the peach pit in season one, which is like, that's a crime in itself that we don't talk about enough. <laughs> like modernizing the peach pit was a choice to say the least. But I think, you know, letting that go to not have that reference to the original and allowing the show to have its own identity was just so important and I just I love this episode and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it because I know there are aspects of it that like do not age well because like <laughs> late 2000s there's a lot of girl on girl crime on TV mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but for me like it's still just so special because I was their age when the show was on and looking back now like I've loved the show for half of my life and that's a jarring realization that it's literally been half of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just like watching the show, like I knew what it was. It was soap. It's in this season really leans into the soap factor so much. Like this is a soap opera about kids that are just not behaving as children. It's just great to me. Well, this is the season um, 
Wait, because remember last time we talked about 90210, you'd mentioned that the showrunner came in with binders. And you could really tell that they did do an overhaul um, because from what I remember with the pilot, like it really does get you in there, but there's a lot of uh, tension between the characters. I mean, and that serves to draw, to drag the plot forward, but like it did have a different vibe watching the season two premiere. Cause I was like, Oh, we're friends. Like we're yeah. all like a lot has happened, but like we're friends, we're hanging out. Like I think my favorite moment in terms of friendship really is like the three girls like the two um come out of summer school and we're hopping in our friend's car and we're rolling down the highway um and just seeing them strolling in a pack together <laughs> with ice cream cones <laughs> with ice cream cones like they were always it was always a stroll and i love that because there's something about being a teenager and walking in form with your friends like every moment is cued to a music to um like a needle drop it feels like that when you're a teen like we're 16 years old we're walking through the mall we're strutting as if someone is playing our favorite song no one is playing a favorite song but <laughs> i love you have your ipod in <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but it's it's the vibe seeing that i was like yeah that was definitely me my friends walking through an area um thinking we were it and we were definitely weren't but it was it's a lot of fun yeah and i thought to follow on from what reed said it definitely felt like a relaunch for me um uh, I remember the conversation we did have last year where you said that there's so many things changed with season two and then it felt like a new pilot again and it really really did but because I know a lot of stuff happened in the season one finale we did see that but the way it was set up was so well that you wouldn't have I well we didn't we didn't have to see that to understand what was going on you know the way when there's a pilot and it's like oh such and such fell out over the summer and we're not friends anymore and then the season's about them becoming friends again you definitely felt the through line of that and that you wouldn't have needed to see season one I know that can come off as disrespectful for some shows when they completely reset that you don't need to see what came before. Mm. But I think it's also very effective if they do that, that you don't need to understand everything. I will say I'm impressed at how much I remembered. I was like sitting waiting on Annie to, to appear, um, thinking what happened between her and Naomi. Um, and I remembered most of the characters. But I, I completely agree. You definitely see the change right as it started, particularly because it's mostly from Naomi's perspective. Whereas in season one, she was kind of like this alluring figure that you saw from Annie's perspective. You only really saw her when like Annie was in and around her. Whereas now it's kind of through her POV, her point of view, her eyes. And you get to see how she feels about things. And it, at, at, at the first scene, you're sitting thinking, OK, when does Annie come in? And then about two minutes later, you realize it's, it's not as much her story anymore as it is Naomi and that works really well because it added for me more of a, a more confident kind of mature kind of approach to the show that wasn't there in the pilot episode at least it felt more expansive but particularly because the peach bit became the beach club um and it just it felt more grown it felt more uh it kind of had like like it had found its footing almost like a veteran show when it finally stabilized it it felt like a completely different kind of show but with all the stuff you loved from beforehand um, and I think the thing I felt the most was this disappointment at myself that I never followed through on watching it after, like I said last year, because it definitely, you, going back into that world, you're like, I definitely could get into this even more so now. It feels even more easily accessible now and in a more mature kind of expensive kind of way. I really loved it. Doesn't it just look more expensive? I think I said yeah. this last year when we talked about it, that like, I don't know if the budget was different or if the new showrunner just used it mm -hmm. better. <laughs> I still don't know the answer to that question but um, I was going to say something that you responded to something you said Michael Naomi um, yeah okay so 
it's funny oh wait no i i um <laughs> i gave you guys like the whole rundown of what happened at the end of season one completely forgetting that in this episode they do a really good job of like peppering in exposition of what happened i, I mean i guess it does kind of hit you over that because adriana is like laying out everything that happened during season one in that pool or like mm -hmm. where, I, wherever they're walking she's like going through it still and it's a reminder to the audience and then they do a really good job of explaining what happened because i feel like maybe at this point they assumed like oh, maybe people aren't, weren't watching all the way through season one and maybe new people will tune in for season two um but yeah i think it's uh it was a wise decision to position naomi and anna lynn as like the lead although it kind of was slightly unfair i think they tried they I, maybe it was the cw's decision to really use Anna Lynn's image to promote the show more but it was just in the sense that she Naomi became a really strong fan favorite character because she's funny unserious complicated in the way that Annie which is no fault to Sinead Grimesby because she's amazing as Annie and she's a really interesting character um I think maybe fans grew tired of Annie as a character and I think that's also because they tried so hard in season one to position her as the Brenda and Dixon as the Brandon, and they really wanted that to work. And sometimes you just can't completely copy paste history. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't set those dynamics up. Like, cause naturally it became like, oh, Naomi is the bigger presence. And she has the more like confident approach. And Annalyn's really great at this role and being this mean girl that you for some reason have a lot of empathy for <laughs> like I, it was such a wise decision like we start the season on naomi which is if you did watch the season one finale it ends with annie presumably killing a man and we don't you're right michael we don't see her for a, a decent period of time in the episode and it's like ooh, what's <laughs> where did annie go um although i think in retrospect i I have more i feel bad for annie because i mean she made decisions but the way that she's ostracized even by her own brother when she's trying to tell him the truth mm -hmm. and he assumes the worst of her he believes the rumor and she's like you know what no i'm done with everybody but then and then i feel bad because she hooks up with that senior and he took a photo and like it's just Annie's downfall is so hard to watch this season because she makes choices that completely isolate her from her friends. Um, but the whole, when they rally together, I'm getting way ahead of the, our discussion, but like the, her friends rally together to like help her. Cause she gets in a really, really toxic relationship. And anyway, back to the season two premiere. <laughs> I think for me with Annie, I struggled um, in certain parts, because I did understand, like, she's carrying the weight of um, potentially having kill killed someone. She's, like, refreshing that page. Like, is this person okay? They're okay. And then she finds out that they had passed. But as a girl, no one knows this, though. We were snapping at mama. We are snapping at dad. Granted, like, she was just trying to open up to her brother. But even then, I was like, I don't know why you did it. There's only one thing that he would think happened, because nothing else that he knows happened to you. He would not you know, go, you know... She must have accidentally um, committed vehicular manslaughter. And that is why we're out on this cliff. <laughs> and that's what she's going to tell me. Though, 
I guess with the attitude, instead of leaping to that she had slept with Liam, we could have leaped to um, that she's upset because she's been ostracized. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what's bothering her. And it's, it's changed her entire perspective on life. And he was like, I'm going through my own stuff. I will say he did not kick her out the car. And usually that's the thing that happens. It's like, find your own way home. In yeah. the, in the mm-hmm. show, he brought her to a safe, well, what he thought would be a safe environment. Um, and, and he just was just like, hang out with the party. Um, I can't do anything with you. You're not, I'm not going home. You're not going home. Find something to do. And like, that was the, if the show had taken, if the season had taken place a few years in the future, she would have called an Uber and gotten out of there. (laughs) (laughs) It's half expecting her to storm out of the car and shut the door. (laughs) I know. I always, every time I watch the episode, I'm expecting her to take the keys from Dixon and leave. But every time she, it just doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I thought Annie was one of the more um, the most interesting parts of the episode because having seen the pilot episode juxtaposed with this, the one thing I remember so much about her is her like her bubbly approach and her like cheery, happy-go-lucky attitude, where it's a completely different character this time. And of course, you need the context in between. But I do think that sets up quite an interesting season-long story for her. Um, and it's definitely an interesting change considering, meanwhile, you have Naomi, who is still, of course, going through her own stuff, but she's kind of taken over the more somewhat like bubbly lead kind of approach. And I do think it, it is an odd thing to look back on, but I think they handled it very, very well because there are some characters who are designed to be supporting characters and then they become main characters and it just it doesn't work because they weren't built for that. Whereas in this case, you see that it can really work while not necessarily taking away from the other main character because Annie's going through her own stuff. She's got her own stuff going on. And it, both of them did play into the episode really well. I know I at first I was kind of frustrated with Annie. Like, why are we treating people so harshly? But the more the episode went on and the more you saw how she was just struggling under the weight of everything that happened, you did, you did, you did have some empathy for her. And, yeah, of course, she thinks she's done a horrible, horrible thing, but that downward spiral all started because of something she didn't necessarily have control over because she was accused of something she didn't do. And then it just it all spiraled out of there. Of course, she, she does harbor some wrongdoing, of course, because she was the one that called the cops on them. And I do think that was a very interesting conversation between her and Dix. And I, I really like that because you do see both sides of sides of that story. But I, I guess that just makes it easier to like empathize with all of the characters because, again, I don't have much backstory here and it was completely easy to see what they were all going through and understand them all from different perspectives, if you know what I mean. Me, I have to give it to my... Oh, wait, you go ahead, Serena. Well, no, you go ahead, it's fine. I was going to say uh, my queen, Silver, the only one slightly sticking up for Annie or at least just questioning it. Like, I love how even though... Silver is now friends with Naomi again. The new showrunner stayed so true to who Silver is. Like she's, I'm, I'm gonna hate myself for saying this, but she's like the jughead of this show. She's like, <laughs> she's the weirdo. She's the one that questions everything. She's the journalist. She's, you know, she's that person. She's headstrong and knows what she believes in. Even in that tennis scene. The way Jessica just completely embodies Silver when Teddy's talking to them and Naomi's flirting and she's like rolling her eyes. Like, it's just like, I've loved Silver since day one, but she only gets better, especially. But, but I mean, there's always gray areas because the way that she associates with Naomi and Naomi is very, very uh, honest, I'll say. I won't say mean. She's very honest. And I'm like, oh, Silver girl. 
I know you challenge Naomi, but we need to do it a little bit more. <laughs> it's a slow growth for Naomi. It's a slow growth. <laughs> I I really like Silver. I think had I been watching um, when it was airing, she would have been my favorite. I love a rock chick. Mm-hmm. And so like every outfit, I was like, yes. Like, um, and I liked her attitude. I agree with her in Naomi where she's like the friend. Like, she's listening to Naomi. Like she's, she's, um, taking it in, analyzing it, but she's also like, so I don't think Annie's a skank. I think we need to unpack <laughs> and actually <laughs> delve into like what's really going on. There is always someone in the friend group is like that. Um, where, Cause you do have the, you have the loud brash fan, um, fan friend who says it like how they see it, whether how they see it is correct. And then you have their more tempered best friend who was like, I think we should we should reel that one on back because you're doing a lot right now. And like that's what Naomi and Silver seemed to be to me. But I also liked in um this is not a knock. This is something I did. I liked how it shallow it started in the beginning as far as the things that they were talking about. And I liked it because that's very much a thing that I think adult audiences get irritated by, but it's very true of some of the conversations you have as a teenager where they start off surface level because you're not ready to talk about what's really going on. And then finally, after we've had a few conversations, you open up. So like the, and just because some of the things that like teenagers were say about adults, the way that they romanticize adulthood, Naomi being like, and he reads was just like, yes. She's like, what is she like 16? 16 yeah sounds about right to me of what that com- with that comment like trying to justify this this relationship with this incredibly older man talking about you should get yourself like stop why are you messing with boys when you could have men I'm like Naomi he needs to be in jail immediately I know <laughs> this is the one part of the episode that I'm always like oh. but I don't I, to my not my memory it doesn't carry over beyond this episode um but yeah like I can't make an excuse for because part of me like it's so Naomi <laughs> because she holds she sees herself as somebody who is not 16 mm-hmm. just because of the world she's been raised in and her wealth um and she just views herself as an adult like if you remember from the pilot she tries to order a drink and her teacher is like she's underage don't serve her mm-hmm. and she's like ooh how dare you? I'm an adult. And it's like, no, you're still a child. <laughs> but like, even watching this as a teenager, like, I never, just because I understood that it was fantasy. Not that that makes it okay for that to be something on television, but also considering the time period. But like, being their age and watching, especially just not even the whole series, just like this singular episode where they're toasting to being normal teenagers. And I'm like, I'm the only normal teenager in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't like I, what I was watching on screen was very much not my reality. Some of the things were definitely happening at my high school, but it wasn't in my world. Like I was not engaged in any of the things that they do. So like, I'm watching this as a teen, knowing this is a soap opera, knowing that this is not real. Um, So it's funny to watch as an adult and understand that, I knew it was not right. I knew it was just like this fantasy thing. But as an adult, you watch it and you're like, uh, it feels so weird and wrong that Naomi is beefing with a, a wife 
and mother of two children. <laughs> well, now that wife started it because she didn't even know about like the um the I guess the affair, the dalliance. Um, I said, ma'am, can these teenage girls just walk past the pool? Why are you deciding that we are just going to start saying something rude? You deserve the comment you got. Was it out of pocket? Yes, but you were out of pocket first. Naomi's quick weather response I think that's why you you guys said it it summed it up well that opening scene worked really really well because there was an awful lot like like you said Sabrina kind of like shallow conversation in there and I think that's why um, to go back to what Reid said they did kind of hit you over the head with the exposition and you never once felt that because like let's be honest we saw in the tennis scene Naomi can talk Naomi knows how to talk so like I just think the conversation between the three of them caught us up on all of what happened prior to it very very well because you totally buy it i know a lot of modern shows young adult and teen shows tend to wear the exposition on characters that don't talk that much so you have maybe someone who maybe would say about three or four words and suddenly they're overwhelmed by trying to tell us all this exposition and you know what's happening you know what they're trying to do that never came across here because it just felt like three teenagers acting older than they are talking about their their great life and um just like catching us up on everything in between really that whole opening scene it was just such a vibe it was you could just sit back and take it all in and there was a lot to take in and it never once felt overwhelming i love the the opening scene even though it's like naomi running to a man who could technically be her father yeah. Um, I love that opening scene because it it's a great juxtaposition to the opening of the pilot where it's Andy and Dixon's family in a minivan. I'm like, we're opening season two. We're on the beach. We're like, this is a show set in California. We're going to be in California, not in the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> like it, right off the bat, it just gives you the sense of place that this season is going to be different. It's going to operate differently. We're going to have walk and talks outside leading to the beach it'll be windy it'll be probably uncomfortable for the actors but they're gonna actually engage with the environment that their characters would inhabit like i think that's my favorite choice that this episode and season made but the one thing that i constantly every time i watch this episode the one carryover that i'm just like i could have left that in season one is silver being confused about ethan <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life been on board with this. And I'm sorry if there's anybody, any 90210 fans out there that liked Silver and Ethan. It was just so random that he was like, it It makes sense because when you're a teenager, you just like randomly get a crush on somebody random. You're like, it just comes out of nowhere. So like, in a sense, it makes, I understand where Ethan is just like looking at Silver at the prom and he's like, oh, I kind of like her. Um, But on like a narrative level, he had he started dating Naomi. That's where he began. He ended up dating Annie. And I'm like, we can't, like, by the end of season one, he can't be on to the third girl in this one friend group. Like, it just, like, plowed through so much material, which makes sense why Ethan was written out. As much as, I like, I loved Ethan, and Dustin Milligan was great as him, but I, every time I watch this episode and I hear Silver talking to Naomi about Ethan, I'm like, is this not awkward? And I know they play it off whereas like Naomi has moved on. Like she's like, I'm not dealing with these boys anymore. I'm over it. But I'm like, there's still a level of awkwardness. Like that's your best friend's like first love. I don't, it's just, it's weird to me. And but I also understand where like, they needed something to come between Silver and Dixon. But I just never can get on board with Ethan being the carryover off screen <laughs> like these text messages are causing this much drama like I can never get on board with 
the Ethan of it all in this episode. But I guess it's they needed to like tie it up. But I'm like, I would have been fine ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Well, it did give Jessica a chance to eat though. Because yeah. that scene about not being able to breathe, about Dixon and explaining why um as she realized it's not Ethan, I said, like, Oh, okay, girl, eat. It's the premiere. You better get the scene. <laughs> because it was really, really good. I love her so much. She's my favorite, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> she was so good in that scene and i i have to agree reed i ethan was the one part i needed to remind myself on i was like now who's this is again and the moment i looked him up i was like oh yeah i remember you told us last year that uh he was kind of just randomly written out after the first season because he like plowed through so much story in just a short amount of time um it's cool that the kind of because it was that kind of end of summer start of school period they kind of did the same thing with Liam where you, where you weren't sure whether they were going to be back or not so it was cool they kind of did that with Ethan and that you were wondering will he be back won't he be back and then no that was the way to write him out and that made sense I understand that but I know what you mean I did like the whole Silver and uh, Dixon dynamic so then the sudden like shift up over just a few text messages then as well of course we all have to blame like teddy who has shown up and completely upended things we lose one character we get another and what a whirlwind he turned out to be mm-hmm. teddy's drama teddy just got yeah. here and he is in in the midst loving it too confused about what's happening but still loving the drama yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the reveal at the end at school i gave you guys a little tease of this mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. when annie walks past his car the the close up <laughs> what was find the word the close-up on his license plate in the car like that's the reveal like that's the car that saw the body in the road after annie drove away but neither of them like she didn't see the car he didn't see her like they don't know and i don't i watch the show so much but it, like it all blends together because i've seen it so much like i can't remember how the revelation comes out i don't know mm-hmm. if he puts it i don't i don't remember but I love that that little tease of drama like ooh he's here it's him he this is the way you introduce a new character he was friends with uh, or he dated Adriana Naomi likes him Silver clearly has feels some kind of way about him and that's the relationship that builds spoiler alert um like he's just so already ingrained in this world on day 1 <laughs> like he's just got so many things on the burners it's it's just like the brilliance of a teen drama when they introduce a new character they just don't do it like that anymore no we're often languishing in the plot or someone it's like it's kid number two in the back of the room and maybe by episode six we will learn his name and he'll pine quietly and then by the finale suddenly he's the big lunch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we saw we saw something in this actor so can you have seen something earlier we have gotten actually to this one because now he just seems like the love the inserting himself for the triangle that needs to happen for two seconds in this teen show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i agree i feel like when you introduce a new character these days they never become as important to the show as the original cast and i mean i guess that's kind of the point but in old, old school shows that really did happen um, and i love the way they managed to do this with teddy because I hated him when he first showed up. I think that's supposed to be the point. You're supposed to feel a certain way about him. Um, and now that we know, well, we don't know if he, if he knows, but now that we know he's involved in the big Annie storyline as well, that creates such a, like an aura of like mess about it because like 
you can't trust him. You can't. He's so unpredictable of a character. He's completely abandoned everything and just within forty minutes. Um. So the fact that he could be like closer to the biggest undercurrent of the show, I think that's a great idea. I know I felt so many emotions about this character when he first showed up. None of them were good. I think that was the point. Um. But yeah, they're very very effective. I think the biggest criminal offense. I have to bring it up, you guys. I admittedly watched on the DVD my DVD, which has the original music. I like. I have to bring this up. But then I watched again on the CW's website, not sponsored, <laughs> <laughs> and the music changes are just. It's. It, it's not the biggest deal in the world like it's fine like if i'm being honest it's fine but like it just as someone who has seen the episode so many times and is like knows it by the music cues like i like i know it even if i don't know what the names of the songs are like i just know these songs and just the strut at the end the slow-mo strut of them this is going to be our year without that one republic song is just it gives like lifetime movie or something like it just it decreases the value of this show <laughs> <laughs> and i need us to get music rights in order like what is happening we need to we, like we need to start talking about it we need to start putting the pressure because it's not okay <laughs> the fact that these classic shows can't live on in the way they were meant to be seen is really bothering bothersome because that's not really a thing these days for modern shows as much anymore, but you they don't even use like popular yeah. songs to get around it. Very true. Like some of the long running shows on the CW and their first season had um, songs by Rihanna. And then by their final season, if you don't recognize a single song used in them, that's just, I think the way the music rights have changed. Um, and maybe that means that they can live forever without having to be altered. Like 90210 I mean, was. But... Not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but I just like, the Summer I Turned Pretty, that's a oh. show where each episode has a soundtrack. And it's of course. not just like, maybe we saved some budget for that big song at the end mm -hmm. of the episode. But for the most part, it's no one's paying for music. Yeah, it seems to be a network thing as well. I don't know. A lot of streaming shows like Summer I Turned Pretty, um, even Heartstopper, they all have, sometimes have recognizable songs on the soundtrack. Um, but Network Sometimes TV. they front load it. Like there was one Netflix show where like the first few episodes had popular songs, and then by the end of the season, it was like who? <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing though. Um, because when we were talking about this before, I all of my like needle drops do take place in the two thousands to the um early two thousand tens, and I'm like, is it because they have like when they do have popular music, it's throughout the entire episode so it's very hard to place like what moment happened because it's not necessarily during big moments either like you just know because so, i'm thinking about like i remember i don't remember the song i feel like if i heard the song but the riverdale scene with with archie and betty in the car was a moment and if i heard this if the song changed if it wasn't the right song when they when it if i, I have no idea if they changed it from dvd from where it, what it aired i'd be like wait a second there was a song here that fit much better. What is this? But we don't do that as often with the, the big moments that are happening on television anymore um, that I can think of. Like, I'm, I'm like, I said, I know there's, they, they're putting music in here. There's some popular music in here, but there's so much of it that I can't place big monumental moments. 
mm-hmm. anymore and connect them to songs. Like no, so far, nothing has given me the same feeling as feels like today by Rascal Flatts and Smallville. When Barton incredible um, moment running and co- I will always remember that because that same. needle drop was was everything and it fit the moment and it was very pure and fun and. Where where are we doing? I know the musical editor, music supervisors are doing their thing, but I need big moments te- um, tied to a song. Yeah, we don't get that much anymore, and it's a shame because network TV was responsible for this movement. And now you rarely see it. I know sometimes you get maybe like vague covers of famous songs, like that Alton John song that was in the penultimate episode of The Flash, but it's a cover that no one knew existed. So maybe that's the way of getting around it. I don't know, but I know music is such a big part of television and. So many songs are owe their success over the years to TV shows. Like um, the Ali McBeal theme song was super popular because it was used in Ali McBeal. And um, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol was a huge hit because it was used in Grey's Anatomy. And um, it's just, I mean, I'm pretty sure the script, The Man Who Can't Be Moved, owes a lot of his success to Ghost Whisperer. It's just, we're, what are we doing, Fox? Like, watching 90210 last night just reminded me that shows can work with music and they can they don't work sometimes without it. Not that the replacement songs were bad by any means, but that final scene with the strop was very generic. And I was like, this, this doesn't give a generic it. to me. Yeah. They, 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 they yeah. tried to match it and they did okay. But I'm like, it's just something's missing. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't have the same vibe. Mm-mm. The episode I was considering, my favorite episode of the season is the, I think I talked about this last year. I've definitely told you guys about this. Um, the Halloween episode from season two there's a scene where Silver and Teddy are getting really close and she's she's dealing Silver's dealing with a lot because her mom I believe has gotten her breast cancer diagnosis by that point in the season and she's like trying to balance school with taking care of her mom and she's just really stressed and Teddy takes her onto the roof of the school and they hit tennis balls off the roof and the needle drop is sweet disposition by the temper trap and I'm like I can't in good faith make you guys watch that episode <laughs> when I know for a fact that that song would not be there. And it just like would not, it would just take away from the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have like, to, give I us tell you to listen to it. I, you know, I would, I could give you the song, but I'm like, I don't know. I would, I'm glad I, we watched this one. Cause it, it really is like a second pilot. It's like a, a rebirth of this show. But yeah, like I just I couldn't in good faith let you guys watch that scene without it <laughs> being exactly as it's supposed to be. Well, I did for the ending scene. Um, like I told y'all, I I said, mm. "Oh, this is knit." Paused it, sent it back to the beginning of it, and played. Everybody loves me <laughs> <laughs> over it. I was like, much better. Totally makes sense. The strut is on on cue. I will say there is one needle drop, like you said, that I kept, which was um, I'm assuming the song is called Freakalator. And I, so. I was like, that didn't sound like that. That didn't look like that's what they were dancing to on set, though. Because I was like, this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the moves are not matching up until they start line dancing a bit, and then it matches up. And I was like, oh, well, y'all told to just do your thing, and then <laughs> we start doing whatever dance coincides with this. I was like, it's not, it's not matching, y'all. It's not. <laughs> that scene always makes me cringe. But, you know, I love it. Like, we all have that one cringy scene from our favorite show. (laughs) (laughs) If it's only one, there's probably multiple. But, like, that scene, I'm always just like, I get what you're... We want to see them have fun. I get it. I get it. 
Well, we were we were getting down. We were really mm -hmm. we were out there. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to see the dance rehearsal. Like what was that like? Because <laughs> uh, they did seem to be at least, or some of them just really are dancers. There was some that we 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 were popping some moves. We were doing some things like the actress who plays um, Adriana was getting down. The same with the actress who played Silver Jessica. So I'm like. The we Jessica, they're both Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jessicas were like, it's my moment. Oh, yeah. you, you're going to get this two-step in a twirl. <laughs> it does make me so sad, too, that, like, ugh, my poor Annie, like, she's there, but she doesn't get to participate in the fun times. No, they put her it in does, the blazer. Like, yeah, it does hurt, too, that, like, the end, as iconic as that strut is, it's, like, it's Naomi praying with Annie's downfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, the girl on girl crime in the first few seasons of the show until Naomi like learns to recalibrate her feminism. <laughs> I was disappointed in Naomi. But I was like, you yeah. know what? It feels on brand though. It feels right. If you're wondering if she will send year. it, she sends it. Oh Thank god. You, in the next episode, yeah, she sends it. The episode episode two is called Too Sexed or Not Too Sexed, and she sends the sex. <laughs> It was Damn. already bad with the senior that um I, I don't care. For, I, I'm sure he'll disappear at some point. Yeah, he's not a big presence. Okay, because I was like, she's down. Brittany and I were just handing her a flask. We're going into this cabana. like Which, by the way, speaking from the, the lady who um was getting to it, Naomi, Ma'am, you are not planning your your daughter's birthday party in that little tiny thing with the um with the stretch dust. Her, her cabana. Her <laughs> <laughs> It was just she's like I was setting it up for my kid's birthday party. I was like, the baby's getting the party in the cabana. <laughs> How many kids have been in there? <laughs> in that little room, lies. Why are you really over here? <laughs> just mm. uh, um. Oh, but I did want to circle back to Naomi's um relationship with that woman's husband i will say i don't think from my perspective of watching it they were straddling the line of letting naomi romanticize it but also showing that it's a terrible idea um because i feel like like her friends weren't about it even though she kept going on about get yourself a real man um and she was giving you like two things about this man that she enjoyed and there was nothing else there it was very dry and then in their talk when he like pulled after she found out that he was married he was snowing her, but I feel like even someone who was a teenager watching that would be like, girl, run, what? Are you trying to tell you that he's not married in his heart? Yeah. And <laughs> like, technically I'm married, but not in my heart. And that like, we get each other. And then, um, but I did appreciate too, that she's just enough of a teenager to be distracted by the girl she hates. Like mm -hmm. this conversation is over. I hate this girl. I'm leaving because I need to go talk to her. Yeah, and that's the the crux of what why Naomi ends it. Not because she realizes like, oh, I'm a minor. Maybe I shouldn't be doing whatever she was doing with that man. It's because like I don't want to be like Annie. She hurt me by cheating, and I'm not gonna do that to that other woman as much as I hate her as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's very her sense of justice is skewed toward like personal vengeance, <laughs> which does change you. She gets more fiercely loyal to her friends. Um, and she has a different perspective it just takes Naomi a minute to like figure all that out um but yeah the her ending it for that I'm kind of like you got where you needed to be the road there was a little jagged <laughs> yeah <laughs> because even like you can tell like Naomi like 
whatever reason she views herself as older than she is because when she's talking to teddy she's like what makes you think that we're in high school and silver is just has no like conscious reason to lie about her age and they look at each other like they both are like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) but that's just silver like she's not going to lie about her age whereas naomi wants to present differently to the world because i guess maybe she can maybe she's been told the certain things about her her beauty or whatever um and in that sense i do have empathy for that's like someone made you feel like you need to present older than you are and i feel bad for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think also that's... it maybe it's not that deep it's a soap opera i don't know <laughs> no but i know yeah i know what you're saying i think i that's the kind of potential i saw with her in season one as well it does feel like there's potential there for growth the road is like you said is just going to be very very jagged she's not going to get there right away but it it sounds 90210 strikes me because she's still growing in season two and obviously hits a few hiccups along the way the show kind of strikes me as as it kind of turns into a story about her growth um so it's obviously it's a long journey but she does she will get there and like you said the end game is the same she just has an interesting way of getting about to it she's very uh fallon carrington Mm -hmm. dynasty reboot coded um, but it, I mean, the tones are a little bit different, even though Naruto does like because Annalyn's so good at being funny as Naomi, it's not quite as like sitcom y as Dynasty ended up being with Fallon, but there's still like comedy with um, with Naomi as she like does things that are not right or encounters that she does go through a lot. Was it this season or season three? I don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's season three. <laughs> But like she does go through a lot and that does change her. Um, but yeah, that's Naomi. Problematic queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if, uh, plot-wise, I think if there was one thing that I was like, trying to like find my way into um, as far as a carryover from the season, from season one, it's Adriana's story about like how she's like a young Hollywood darling but she doesn't want to be anymore and she had had a baby and she gave it for adoption like we were hitting those notes by the pool real fast like Adriana I'm in the car but I don't know if the seat belt is buckled yet for me um (laughs) and then the what with her in Naveed and and navigating um celibacy and their relationship and her being about it and him thinking that he has the green light when he's not even on yellow. We're on a full red light. Um, I thought that was interesting, especially because it, it added, for Naveed at least, and Dixon some humor as we try to set up this romantic scene in a cabana for her. And so that he could have his he could have his moment. And I was like, no, we she said no. It's it's a we're we're not doing that, but she stood her ground on it, and he was like, "I'm I'm fine." I said, "You're not fine about it, but you're gonna be fine about it." That's where we are. But I will say, I think, um, I know you said that the, the relationship actually ends up being between Silver and Teddy, but with Adriana, and I was like, I maybe I don't know her, and she is just flirty or just, uh, but when I was like, "When you're dancing, you're not dancing like you have a boyfriend. You're not like her and Teddy on the dance floor." I was like. And he and and Naveed was just watching. I was like, Naveed, I feel like we're a little too calm. <laughs> like she's she's breaking it down with Teddy, and we need space enough for between her and Teddy. Yeah, her no drama Adriana era was aspirational and short lived. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, she before Silver and Teddy get together, Silver, not Silver, Adriana and Teddy do kind of have a. Th- I don't. I don't think they officially get together, but if they do, it's like doomed. And I don't think she cheats on Navid. I think she considers just because she's so pulled to Teddy and their history. There is a scene where the, I can picture it. They're on the beach in Dreams by the Cranberries plays. And it's so hard to root for them knowing that like Navid's going to get hurt by it. And like, there's really no path forward for this couple. Um, I really don't think that they get together officially because Silver and Teddy do get together by the end of this season. Um, but it's also really funny watching this episode in particular, knowing that all of the character, all the pairing shifts that happen throughout the series, like eventually Adriana dates Dixon and Silver dates David <laughs> and Annie dates Liam. Like it just seeing it how all the dynamics are now and like knowing what happens in the future. It's like, Oh, you guys don't even know what's going to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. All the combos. <laughs> that yeah. is, that's so um, teen dramas though. Mm. And then you, you just find yourself rooting for um, more couples um, than others. And you find the one that you really enjoy too, that you really enjoy. I did like Teddy and Adriana. Um, I thought they had like great chemistry, uh, which mm-hmm. is why I was like, um, Naveed, I think you should be scared. Um, but the, I do find it interesting how these, she says in the episode that they've known each other for years, but I got the, but they were only together for one summer over summer camp and he's her first. I was trying to put, put, um, put that relationship together because they're immediately happy to see each other. Like, I didn't know you were here. And I was like, but she said she's known him forever. I was like, y'all keep in contact. It didn't seem like you kept in contact, but we're immediately like this. We're here now. Um, so it was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They played a little fast and loose with those dynamics. Um, I never really thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. She was, Adriana was real busy in season one. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense that she would have lost contact with it. Like she was dealing with a near fatal overdose and pregnancy and a whole, she got a lot going on in season mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But we're happy to see her attempting to thrive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It, the, the attempt was really, it's good. Again, dancing was great for everybody. Mm-hmm. Just to like give you, because like, you brought up her, the, the her getting the script was kind of a lot because I don't think she really pursues much acting work in season one. She tries to, but her addiction really um, prevents her from doing anything. Like I don't even Annie has to step in for her at the school play for Spring Awakening. Um, that's yeah. I've never really thought about that. That she just like is randomly getting scripts. I'm like. Or how <laughs> <laughs> she does end up spoiler she ends up dropping out of school in season three because she has a hit song she oh. becomes a pop star but then she quickly is disgraced <laughs> no <laughs> by season four she is working at liam's bar so i mean that's the character arc of adriana tate duncan master <laughs> <laughs> water water coaster <laughs> i know quite a ride <laughs> yeah. it's a lot it's she she goes through a lot but she's like i've she's not one of my favorite characters but like the more i watch them like she's so underrated and like fun Mm -hmm. and just like she's definitely for any uh og 90210 fans out there she's like the val counterpart that's tiffany Thiessen's character that comes in after brenda leaves and she's just bad to the bone like she is she hates everybody and she wants to take them all down secretly from the inside and i'm like 
and they really get there with um adriana in season three when silver and navid are dating and she's jealous and she wants navid back and she's trying to just take silver down it, it, it gets real personal and real bad but like mm-hmm. in a soap opera way that is like genuinely like shocking and I like, I don't want to say funny because it's not funny. I'll tell you guys off pod because I don't want to say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a but lot. Yeah. yeah, she's a fun character. Nice. I, I think, okay, before like anything else though, I did want to talk about the um, the devices. It really puts you in a place in time with those sidekicks. And I think I saw a Blackberry. Um, mm-hmm. It was just my heart like we really like is that you, you left your phone at the beach and um she's like, oh and like and teddy's just he read the text message which invasion of privacy but also very easy because what is a code on that type of phone it yeah. just sits open especially she just had it open while she was she had already been staring at it <laughs> like he would be he would have read her a text message um but i just i love seeing the devices i love seeing the style um which did seem a little bit more elevated like they were they, better dressed they, Yes, that's another aspect visually that changed for the better. Like all kinds of aesthetics changed. Like just the way that it's filmed, even the typeface of the credits is different. Like it visually is just different, but the style thankfully changed. Season one wasn't as glamorous. It played a mm. little too realistic to like what we would have seen in our high schools. <laughs> <laughs> but like they were like, if Gossip Girl can have a fashion budget. Why aren't our girlies dressing up? And I like I respect them for that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they they put silver in that chunky belt. Like no more of the she had those just 2007 Ashley Tisdale red carpet looks. And it was like, it's a vibe. But this is 90210. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely given scene kid. And um, and the from the pilot, I remember. And now she's it's very refined rock. Like she's the, Bob. the, yeah. the Rihanna Bob that took me out when Dixon <laughs> said that she's yay high. But the Rihanna Bob is like, not him being accurate. <laughs> oh, there were some great lines actually in this, but I liked um when uh great insult from Naomi when the the skater just falls in front of her and she steps over him. She says, "Get a car." <laughs> 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 oh classic Naomi that's great I, I I think I wrote that like three times but I just couldn't the delivery <laughs> was just so great and then she just continues on with her conversation she's, she's so like Anna Lynn is so good at that role truly never left a single crumb never met a crumb didn't know the crumbs <laughs> she wasn't leaving them just fully devoured all five seasons good for her <laughs> Yeah, and so natural as well. Like I know a lot of them shows when they try to do comedy, they can lean into it too much and get a little silly and it's it comedy. Whereas that just felt totally in line with the tone they were going for. It just honestly felt like everything came together, not just in this episode, but just for the show itself. It did. I like the word you you guys used, elevated. It really did feel like it wasn't completely unrecognizable from what the first season was, but it felt like it had grown to where it needed to be and find itself. And everyone, everything fell into place. And I think the focus on Naomi was probably that guiding aspect of it because she was kind of a more colorful character to like lean into and give it more, um, what's the word, um, character-driven storylines in a more like 
comedy kind of way if you know what i mean like i said not silly but like there was more color in the storyline and that that reminds me i did want to ask you reed did you know it was going to be reinvented when you were watching season two or was it like whoa what's happening i here's the tea about how i watched i didn't watch this episode live i must have been at like a cousin's volleyball game or something and i missed it and i remember i couldn't watch it i was dying i was like i need to see this episode but i couldn't watch it the ne- until the next day after school and in psychology class, my best friend was like telling me about like everything that happened. And she was telling me about the new uh, opening title sequence. And I was like, what? I like, I just was like, what? Like so much, ch- what? I need to see this. Like I couldn't <laughs> wait to get home. Um, but I think I knew the changes were afoot, like the new showrunner and Ethan leaving. I knew all that going into season two, but I didn't, I wasn't prepared for all of the like, visual relaunch changes not in a bad way like i was just like oh my favorite show got better (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like i wasn't expecting it i wish i had watched this episode live you know whatever thank god for dvrs (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have a question too so like um because you've praised a lot of the actors on the show if you know, they were given respect and like in contention for awards. Who would you think would have gotten like an Emmy if they actually paid attention to 90210 in a respectful way? Annalyn. She, there's a storyline where she, she is sexually assaulted, I believe, season three. And the acting that she does, apart from like the, the just fun, like, uh, comedic you know witty Naomi lines she really delved into that in a really real way because earlier in that season she had falsely accused that teacher of coming on to her and then um, when that comes out and he does that to her he's like well nobody's gonna believe you now because you cried wolf I oh, you know that's at the end of it's at the it happens at the end of season two so season two she falsely accuses him and then she deals with that in season three and the way that she just like throws herself into the the uglier real realistic parts of naomi was really amazing like just so good i think annalyn would have gotten some awards attention Mm. sounds like a tough storyline oh my goodness yeah they really they really went there the the changes in season two and three really um highlighted what worked from the original i think season one tried to play too closely to the early high school seasons of the original where it was like issues based very just like there was still like that melodrama soapy stuff um but it was very like about the the family and like those kinds of stories whereas season two kept the when you think of 90210 you think of the original cast in high school those early days that's what everybody thinks of but i think narratively you think of like the crazy 90210 like people are getting kidnapped people are getting drive-by shootings when they get home from hawaii like all these house fires just like crazy things that happen now and that didn't happen until they were in college and after and i think this rebranding of the reboot perfectly married the more simple uh bare bones early seasons of the original with the totally like soapy bonkers <laughs> rest of the series and that was uh, such a uh, I'm, I'm never gonna stop praising 
Rebecca Sinclair was her her name at the time. The way that she just came at the show with a vision and was like, we're going to do a teen soap, right? She did her two seasons and she was like, mic drop. And like, I, she did the thing. Like, she really did it. And these two seasons, just chef's kiss. Like, I wish more people had watched. But I, I like, I even remember when the season three premiere happened and there was a, an article on E! Online that was like, how is nobody watching it on 2 and 0? Like, Adriana just got into a limo crash and her her duet partner died and she stole his song. Like, it's just so trashy and fun. Like, how is nobody watching this show? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, E! Online. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is I'm why it's so great. Yeah, it's just like you never expect what's going to happen. But it's so fun. So I think that means that we need to watch more 90210 on the pod. Yeah. More 90210 episodes. See, I'm just glad that you guys enjoy it. Not that I ever doubted you, because I know you guys can enjoy things for what they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just so happy that like I can share this with more people than just my best friend, because she's the only one that ever watched it with me. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I knew that watched 90210. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to actually put something out to our listeners then. Um, as far as 90210 episodes, if you are a big fan of the show, what episodes should we add to our rotation of things we check out in our season three? Yes, mm. yes, yes. Tell us. Yes. Definitely. I'm eager to watch more, Ty. I hopefully, hopefully we can follow through on it this time because I know I made that promise last year, but <laughs> I'd love to revisit this world again. It's so good. We had a lot going on. We had a, another binge watch going on. It's okay. Well, this yeah. is try, very try. <laughs> yeah. our, our schedules are a little clearer this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, not to shake CW, but today. Speaking of the CW, <laughs> I know we might as well like so just remind everybody. Um, we are taking a break, so we will be gone the entirety of September after you this special pod episode drops. We'll be back on October 2nd. That'll be the start of our season three. Um, and we are in a new era. That era means that you will not be receiving reviews of whatever CW has going on over there. However, you will get CW news and CW content and surprise WB content. <laughs> <laughs> when we get closer to our launch, we'll let you know what we're doing. But um, we're excited. We are excited. Mm -hmm. New era. Yeah. New era. New vibe. Going into the vault. <laughs> yes, we have to because they don't yeah, have the, anything. The only for place us. to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we really dug around in that vault. Just, to, just throwing that out there. <laughs> we, our first watch is going to be a deep cut, so yep. we we hope you join us on that journey. Get that <laughs> once we reveal it. But thank you guys for listening and for watching. Way to see the view spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye, y'all.